Pastor, I am grateful, kind of throwing my eyes to see you, thank you. Uh, very grateful, very grateful for the opportunity to um, bring God's word to you. Am I on? Okay, great. To bring God's word this uh, evening, we already had a few moments there uh, with a few brethren, and I look forward uh, the Lord opening uh, that opportunity we can meet again on Thursday. Uh, I got this opportunity to be in your country, your great country. Uh, we look uh, really to you for so much. So much comes from America, um, but also as much as comes from America, uh, you need to know that out there, uh, people are yearning for literally anything that comes from America, even bad stuff, uh, and that uh, is uh, unfortunate. Um, we have a lot of things out in Kenya, like in other places, that I'm sure you'd wish should not uh, have left your country, but that is the way it is. Um, this uh, evening, I uh, was thinking, what would be profitable uh, for uh, me to bring uh, to all of us as we are gathered? I want to be an encouragement uh, to you as uh, a church. Uh, and as uh, Pastor indeed did pray that God would raise uh, preachers, would raise men, would raise pastors who would be and remain faithful in these very difficult days. I uh, thought really uh, it will be indeed in line with uh, God's word. Let me give you a little illustration and then we open the passage of scripture. Think of a good mother. When a mother, a mom, wants to leave to go to the market or go to uh, women's fellowship, and she is leaving behind uh, little children in the house, uh, she will give some safety instructions. Um, any mother would do that. Uh, and, and one of... Uh, those instructions will touch on, or mainly touch on, the whole area of the kitchen, and, and specifically to do with um, when I'm gone, make sure you don't touch the fire, you don't touch the stove or the cooker. Um, and it it's around there because, you know, when you're away, it's very easy for the child to try this and try the other. Why does mom say I should not touch the, the fire? And things like that. A good mother would do so. And the Apostle Paul, in the passage I would like us to read in Acts chapter 20, he is leaving, he's setting off, um, planning uh, for his journey, or really setting off on his journey to Jerusalem. And he's acting as a good 
um, mother and uh, uh, tells those who is living behind, the, the elders he's leaving behind, uh, some things that will be of help to them, will, will, will protect them, will, make sh- will help to make sure they, they are safe, they can operate properly. And I'm thinking of Acts chapter 20, verses 18 uh, down to 38. So let me read uh, uh, quickly that passage. And I want us to just draw some helpful points um, for those of us who are in the ministry and for those who are observing us and even desiring to be in the ministry. But actually, this is for all believers. It's not only for pastors and those who are intending to be pastors. We are uh, to be witnesses. Uh, How then should we be? The Apostle Paul, just the way he um, talks to these people, the things he tells uh, them, are of great help to us. From verse 18 to 38, let me quickly read. Maybe I could begin from verse 17. Now from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, you yourselves know how I lived among you the old time, from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks, of repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the the gospel of the grace of God. Verse 25. And now, behold, I know that none of you, among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom, will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all. I did not shrink from declaring to you uh, the all counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourself and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, 
um, fierce wolf will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert. Remember that for three years I did not cease night and day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Verse 36. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there... Uh, was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see um, his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. Let's just uh, commit these matters to the Lord as we want to look at them. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for... Uh, the course of the gospel, you are determined to build your kingdom. You are calling your own home. And thank you for the place that uh, the Apostle Paul uh, played and the much work that you gave him, the pioneer work that he carried out. And as he was now moving and just the way he instructed these people and reminded them uh, telling them what motivated them. Lord, we pray we too uh, will be uh, encouraged and motivated as we look at his own example. Oh, hear us then for the minutes that we want to spend looking at this passage. Hear our prayer. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Without taking long, I would like uh, that from this passage, I just draw out a few uh, points that I trust can be of encouragement to us. You see, we can read about Paul, read what he, you know, the great exploits he did, and, and just how his life was, even the challenges he went through. And we honestly can be discouraged and just fail. I mean, who am I? I can't be like Paul. I, I, so to a point where we don't even begin. This morning, uh, back at Bethlehem, we looked at the fact that God has given each one of us, if we claim to be his people, talents. Some five, some two, some one. But it is to the end that we may use our talents to his glory. So but by the time he returns, we are able then to give account 
be able to say, Lord, you gave me this, I have done with it this, and the Lord will be grateful, the Lord will be glorified. The one talent man said, I, this was hard business, and I knew you to be a hard man, I buried man, mine, and, and have what belongs to you. Um, that was sad. Well, the apostle Paul's life, can be, in one sense, discouraging. Because we just look at it, we read, and great things he did, and it's like, who am I? Anyway, what things can we learn from Paul from this passage? Um, Someone has divided what we're going to learn in such a simple way, and I thought, well, why don't I share it with you? So we want to see the example of Paul, the motivation of Paul, the warning of or from Paul, and then the encouragement that we get from Paul. So the first thing then is the experience of Paul. In other words, how did Paul handle his life and ministry? And we see it here. We see it specifically shown to us in verses 18 to 21. You see, Paul, we would say, lived an open life. And the efficient believers are witnesses to that. Because when he begins, he says, you know, there in verse um, 18, middle of verse 18, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time. And so that, that's a good point. That Paul lived in a way that others bore witness to his life. And really straight away applying it. Uh, dear pastors, dear preachers, we need to live such lives that our people, in that sense, would read us. We should be open book. And Paul goes on to say that He lived uh, in a humble service. But uh, it was such that uh, his life, look at verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink from, any, uh, from declaring to you anything that was profitable, teaching you in public and from house to house. So really, uh, Paul was uh, um, very open to these people, but very determined. That is the life that he lived uh, before these people. Uh, In verse 3, we are told, chapter 20, verse 3, there he spent three months. And when a plot was made against him by the Jews, as he was about to set sail for Syria, uh, he decided to return through Macedonia. So he was so open. He served the Lord uh, humbly, but that did not spare him uh, from challenges. Uh, Okay, well then, uh, he tells us what the content of his time was. We are told that 
he was busy proclaiming and teaching publicly, as in a worship service, but also he did it um, privately, he says there, from house to house. Um, and he did not hold back. The content of his teaching is uh, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Earlier, uh, to the few brethren we met with there, I gave my uh, brief testimony. What drove me uh, to seek salvation? I wish I understood, uh, you know, the need of repentance and uh, towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I knew very little. In fact, what drove me is the fact that judgment is coming. I cannot be smart enough to outwit God. And, and that just scared me. I needed then to be saved and, and make sure that God's judgment will not catch me. Yeah, only later... As I mentioned, did, did the work of the Lord Jesus Christ fall into place in my um, fuller experience? Uh, but Paul did not hold that, whether pu publicly or in, uh, privately in people's homes. He always raised this um, repentance to God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So that was Paul's life. That's how he handled his life. And his ministry. But not only that, if we were to ask Paul, what motivated you or what motivates you to, to do what you're doing and how you're doing it? Paul, tell us something. And he would say, listen, let me tell you how God himself was involved in my life. In other words, of course, as I'm saying here, God was the motivator. But how did God motivate Paul? We are given that in the verses that follow. Of course, Paul himself tells us he doesn't know everything. They think in verse 22, and now behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit not knowing what ha will happen to me there. He, he admits he doesn't know everything. All the energy he's putting, it's not because he knows tomorrow and what will happen tomorrow. He didn't know. But he knew God is involved. God, the Holy Spirit, uh, knew and was, organ was running, if you like, was... Uh, ordering his life. And what we can't escape, and what I trust we will see as we go on, is that the Holy Spirit, God by his Holy Spirit, was not only new, but planned and was working out Paul's life, including the sufferings that he went through and that he will go through. You see, friends, I say this because people have a, a rather narrow view of the Christian, um, Christian life. And for that matter, Christian ministry. Increasingly, we are finding people 
are not willing to throw in their lot with, you know, in the Christian ministry, with the church, or in a theological setup, institution, immediately in their minds is, what, what is in it for me? What will I get? Is there a package at the end? And, and that actually is the wrong way to look at it. And Paul did not look at it that way. Um, if you just turn back a little to chapter 14, chapter 14, and there in verse 22, the Apostle Paul did not spare even the young believers. He, you know, from this truth, he, he told them the truth that we find hard either to tell or when we hear it, we don't like. But he says, this is regarding their need to go back and to strengthen the churches. And in verse 22, that they're going, returning to Lystra and Iconium and Antioch. Verse 22, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. And that idea of tribulations or afflictions or sufferings is not not welcome nowadays. It's not appreciated. Um, Paul actually here is telling us that uh, God, as it were, God is telling you, Paul, you will suffer, but I want you to know that actually your life is in my hand. Uh, I am the one who has uh, uh, called you and planned your life. Those, those thoughts need to, to motivate. As they motivated Paul, they should motivate every believer but now particularly those who are contemplating the Christian ministry. And really, Paul's response is, God, I'll do it and finish it with joy if that is what you call me to do. When God and his sovereign, when God the sovereign, the sovereign God calls us, uh, we must be willing and with a ready uh, single motivation um, that he will lead us on. Let me just quickly um, read out to you another passage. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 Uh, where we learn uh, about the motivation. What is it that motivated the Lord Jesus to go to the cross, to suffer so much to the point of the cross? We are told in verse 2, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, 
and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Like the Lord Jesus, so Paul. God the Father, the sovereign God has called him. He will want to move on regardless. So that is what motivated Paul. God is involved in this plan. Paul himself does not know everything that lies ahead, but that he doesn't matter because it doesn't matter because God is in control. So we've seen Paul's experience and his motivation. But Paul then throws out a warning like a good mother saying now, don't you touch the cooker. Back in Kenya, it would include, don't you open the door for any stranger. Now you live so far, I praise God, in the area that you live in, the area that uh, my brother, uh, Pastor Kembry, lives in. You leave your doors unlocked. That is strange. Now we have in our pockets when we are at church, bunches of keys because one must have locked your bedroom and your, your main door and the kitchen door and then the gate. And they are all with you. Thankfully, that is not the case here so far. Now, we live in a sinful world and please pray that, that the Lord will continue to restrain evil from spreading and causing uh, this that you're enjoying. But Paul, like a good mother, sends out a warning. And uh, there in verses 25 to 31, we see uh, his warning. And he basically tells them, listen, I have preached to you, but you now will not be with me again. I won't be among you. And he says, I am innocent of your blood. And uh, every pastor should labor ever so faithfully to, the, to our dying days or to the moment when we leave the scene where we are preaching to be able to say, I'm innocent of your blood. And he goes on, really, and we see this is because he's declared to them the whole counsel of God, not holding back anything. Recently, we had our own general election, uh, and I had to deal with a passage of Scripture that head-on uh, touched on the issues that were uh, happening in our country, uh, the presidential election and the petition that followed, and the kind of uh, determination that was given by uh, the Supreme Court and uh, the way that uh, more than half the country uh, is not, uh, you know, satisfied. But I had my passage of Scripture, Matthew 25, 14 to 30 there. I had to preach it and, and bring the re relevant um, application and illustration. And so, friends... We need to so preach, declaring the whole counsel of God. And we find this works out beautifully when we are preaching expositorily through the, pre, uh, through the scriptures. So that someone does not say, oh, today pastor is just talking about me. 
It's because if they have been coming to church, they know I've been going through the book of Matthew. And we need to be faithful. And so, for Paul, he then tells them, therefore, take heed. Take heed to yourselves. Uh, You see, this is because of uh, the value of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, listen, you cannot take the church for granted. Uh, I want you to make sure that the church is uh, properly uh, cared for. And he tells us uh, that reason. Look at verse 28. Pay careful attention to yourself and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseer. And that would have been good enough. However, the Holy Spirit led Luke to add uh, the last bit. Care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. So, uh, this is of crucial importance because the church of uh, uh, God is bought at a high price. His own blood. Why? Why this warning? You know, Paul, what is scaring you? I mean, the church will be okay. Yeah, we'll preach, but the church will be okay. No, no. In fact, Paul goes on now to, to, to tell them why. Uh, a mother may say, don't touch the cooker. It is hot, you'll get burnt. Sometimes they learn the hard way by actually touching and then crying to my mom, I'm burnt. Paul tells us why he's giving that instruction so strongly. Just look at it. Verse 29. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. So Paul really says, listen, be on guard. Take care of the church because you're in danger. In fact, danger from outside, influence coming in, and danger from within, those who then uh, rise up from within and begin to teach that which is not proper. Um, You see, this honestly underscores, shows the importance of, and by the way, I really appreciate I've been here the first time and you allow me to stand at your pulpit and bring God's word. But you know there are places where they hear, oh, is there some... Visit among us? Oh, yes. Well, come today. You visited. Just, just bless us with God's word. You don't know where the person has come from. You don't know their, their stand, their theological stand. That would be terrible. And, and Paul is warning. You see, so churches where who occupies the, the pulpit is really no big deal. They are in great danger. Because then it is through the pulpit that then wolves will come and begin to dissuade or or lead people 
astray. And Paul is saying, no, don't let that happen. Friends, uh, we've seen then, just gleaning really, from Paul's life and his ministry. We've seen his experience, we've seen his motivation, and then the warning that he's giving us. And please let me end now by just giving you some encouragement. Remember, I had earlier said, we can read about Paul, by the way, and say, well, he was in a world of his own, a standard of his own. Thank you, Paul, but that's you. No, if we conclude like that, that's not good. That's not good. He is, of course, a great teacher, but he's also a great example and uh, great encouragement that he did give. And, and that we now see in verses 32 to 38. 32 to 38, where we read, And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Those are words of encouragement. Words of encouragement. Um, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Actually, that's the gospel. That's the good news that God is able to keep his people, his church, by the word of his power. And the gospel does give us does demonstrate the power of God. The gospel is able to build us up and, 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 and prepare us to be strong and, and keep us against the storm. To what end? The gospel is able not only to keep us and preserve us, but actually to lead us to heaven itself. Uh, that's what um, um, Paul tells us here. And uh, really, he's saying, listen, uh, the, the old aim is to the end that you may reach inheritance, that you may be, and where is our inheritance? Is together with the Lord's people. So that we may um, join together with those who uh, the Lord himself has called. Verse 32, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Surely he's describing heaven. Describing heaven. And so, Paul, in his gracious words of encouragement, is saying, it is the gospel. I commend you to this gospel, the gospel of God. This is the good news. And so, please, let's not be weary. Let's not be tired of the gospel. Like in your country, in my country, there are those who 
they, they use the word gospel, so they are called gospel musicians. Nothing about repentance and faith, but they have that tag, and when some so-called Christian rallies or Christian meetings go on, gospel musicians are invited to grace the occasion and do their thing. Nothing in line with God's word. But we know, we know that we do have the gospel of the grace of God. Where, yes, God is revealed to be holy and, 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 and we are shown to be sinful. And the Lord Jesus Christ then is set before us as our only hope. And that when we trust him, that then we will be safely led to heaven itself. Well, as I conclude, just let me give you a few um, things, as it were, to take home. Take home uh, uh, little points by way of application. Uh, those of us who are in leadership of God's people, uh, pastors, preachers, and also those leading um, in other areas, even in Sunday school, and women's uh, fellowship, and other areas. Please, let Paul be our great encouragement for faithful labor. Even when we suffer, let, let that be. Paul suffered. Paul continued to the end. He was given five talents. Most of us would be in the two talent. But even if we only have one talent, faithfulness must be the key. Please remain faithful. And then let me also say, let the mission of God and our call motivate us. Even when the future is not known. Actually, who among us know their future? Now, I didn't know my future. A bit of my story, as I shared earlier. Uh, I had a ton of events in 2006 that just let me change my station of labor. I just had, because my wife fell ill, uh, and, and I knew my first and foremost responsibility is to care for my family, and I just wanted to do what I needed to do for the good of the family. And uh, I didn't know at all, at all, sincerely speaking, that a church would begin uh, and move on 16 years now in the town of Eldoret. May we be motivated by the call of God. If he has called us to the ministry, let's just move on again faithfully. Would we not say like Job, even if he kills me, I will trust him. May that be ours also. But also let me say something else that uh, uh, 
professing Christian, please do take heed. Do take heed and watch and be on your guard against uh, false uh, teachers. Now this I can say to us as pastors and leaders, but honestly to all of us, um, danger actually is always around us. The evil one is not happy to see us move on and progress in our Christian life. He's not happy. So you may say, then in that case, I mean, how, how will I be safe? How do I know if what if evil comes tomorrow, if, if deceit comes in my life? So what? What can I do? Let's not panic. The Lord has given his servants. And let me use this illustration. This pulpit, the teachings, the preachings that come from here, using the scriptures, that will keep you, dear friends, safe from the attacks of the evil one. And so there's no some secret somewhere. There's not rolling up our sleeves and saying, the evil one might come. Where? Which direction? No. If you pay attention to what is being taught, you will be kept safe. Let me end by saying, you have listened, but maybe you are not a believer. You are not saved. Simple. There's no secret. Just what we are seeing here applies to you. There's no way that you will reach heaven. No way if it is not through the gospel of the grace of God. Paul so preached to these people repentance and faith. And those who turned and believed, he says, listen, the Lord by his grace will lead you to the inheritance set apart for his people. If you're not saved, Please don't, don't wait for something strange out there, some strange experience. You know what? It is the gospel, the gospel, that you repent from your sin. Now, you, you know your own sin, sin of unbelief, sin of pride. All others, each one of us, we know but now I'm particularly thinking then of any unrepented, of, uh, unrepented sin, any and all. It is through repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will be saved. And then you now can move on in the remaining part of your Christian life, being guided, being led, being then protected from this pulpit, from God's word. Till you reach heaven. Please, let's, let's learn from Paul. We, we admire him. We read his books and it's like, wow, who could be like Paul? But, but really, he's uh, also a great example. And not ignoring the motivation, uh, the warning, and also the encouragement that he is to us. Let's pray. Oh Lord, our God, uh, thank you for your word this evening. Just looking at uh, this, your servant, all. You, you gave him uh, 
quite a number of talents. Many of us have less, but we don't envy him. No, Lord. In fact, looking at Paul, reading about Paul would scare us. But uh, you just want us to remain faithful where you have placed us. Paul being our encouragement here. So please do uh, help us then to be those who um, take your word and walk the faithful road you set before us, believing the gospel, demonstrating the gospel in our lives, and valuing greatly the teachings, the preachings, the warnings, the exhortations from the pulpit. Lord, hear our prayer. And thank you again that we can worship you together this evening. I do commend these dear ones to you. Lord, even if we do not meet here below, then we would meet uh, in your presence in heaven. Hear our prayer, these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.